It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about how to give feedback that doesn't create a world war. How to give feedback that doesn't create a world war. Now, I want to tell you a quick story about the title. So when I was thinking about the information that I wanted to share on this show and in many of the episodes back in February, so, so a month ago, I, I sat back and said, well, what are some of the things that I really want to cover over the next few months? And one of them was about feedback. And so I said, this is what it's, we're going to talk about feedback. And the title is going to be how to give feedback that doesn't create a world war. Well, at the time, we weren't in the battle that we're in with Ukraine and Russia right now. There wasn't this possibility of a world war. And so it really didn't have anything to do with politics. But yet, how perfect is it that now we're talking about how to give feedback that doesn't create a world war while we're on the cusp of a world war? So that's, that is how that happened. And I think really at the end of the day, feedback is so critical. And if some of these tools that we're going to talk about in the show were actually utilized, could it make a difference? Could it have made a difference or could it going forward? Now, I don't have the answer to that. And maybe you do. If you do, let me know. But I think these are all all really important because at the end of the day, how we communicate or don't communicate is what creates a lot of the challenges that we see in the world. So yes, does feedback play an important role in how we choose to talk to each other, how we choose to listen to each other? Yes, yes, and yes. So we're going to talk about two different things tonight. We're going to talk about giving feedback, and then we're going to talk about receiving feedback. So this, this concept of giving and receiving feedback, one of the things that underneath it, the first piece is what really is feedback? Because we've got a lot, of, a lot of definitions for what feedback is. And feedback really is everything. And I say that, I mean, everything is feedback. We will put feedback as negative feedback or positive feedback. But guess what? There is no negative or positive feedback. It's just feedback. We are the ones, you, me, everyone else in the world, we put these labels on feedback as good or bad. So let's think about this. And if, let's say I put my hand on a hot oven and my hand gets burnt. What just happened there was feedback for me. Let's say that I go to give one of my children a hug before they go to school in the morning. And the kid runs away and says, I'm not giving you a hug. That's feedback for me. Let's say I get into the office. I'm going into a physical office space. And I go in to say hello to my coworkers or my employees. And I'm walking around the office. And everyone has got their heads on in their computers. No one is saying hello or talking. And I'm just walking around with no one engaging with me. That's feedback. Let's say that I'm having a one-on-one with someone else in the office there. Let's just say this one's over Zoom, but it really doesn't matter to be in person. And I'm talking with the person and that person is not engaged, checking their watch, 
wanting to be anywhere but with me, that's feedback. So everything around us, every iteration, everything that happens, it is feedback to us. And so when we get in the habit of seeing everything around us as feedback, we realize that truly that's what it is. Now, I may like it. I may like what I see. For example, when I go to give my child a hug before he goes to school and he gives me a hug back, that's feedback. And I like that feedback. When he chooses to run away instead and doesn't want to have anything to do with me, I don't like that feedback. So I call the hug the positive feedback and I call him running away the negative feedback. So that's exactly what we do at work. When we have something that we want to tell somebody that we perceive that they are going to receive as negative, we call it negative feedback. But if we have something that we think they're going to like, we call it positive feedback. If you heard something that you liked, we call it positive feedback. But if you hear something that you don't like, we call it negative feedback. See how that works? There's not really positive or negative feedback. It's all about our perception of how we heard it. Now, here's where it gets even weirder. How you perceive that feedback may be positive but how somebody else perceives that feedback may be negative. I'll give you an example. So I was watching this show, this uh, Sweet Magnolias. Maybe you've seen it on Netflix. I really like that show. They just released season two and I'm watching it. And the mom in the show, she is attempting to connect with her son and she just can't get him to open up. He's had, they got, he got in this car accident. She wants to know what's really happening. And he just won't open up with her. If you've, you, if you're a parent, you know what that's like when your child just won't open up. So one day after numerous attempts to have him open up, he sends this text message to a friend and says, hey, will you come over? I could really use somebody to talk to. Now, she doesn't know about this. This happens uh, independently. The son has sent this text message. Well, it turns out he sent the text message to the ex-stepmom. There's a whole story there. If you watch the storyline, you understand it. But to the ex-stepmom. So the mom, she comes around the corner of her house and on the porch is her son and the ex-stepmom. So this lady's ex-husband's former lady, we'll just say that, is sitting there talking to her son and she hears her son open up to this woman. Now, in the moment, the mom saw that as negative feedback. She was really upset about it. Now she has a Southern charm and she says, well, I just walked in. She was talking with her friends about it later. And she says, well, I said hello and walked in. And so she didn't stop and acknowledge the situation as awkward as it was. She did handle it later in the show. So she received this as negative feedback. Her son didn't want to open up to her. But the reality was, and what she got to, was that her son opened up to someone. And that was really what she wanted. She just wanted her son to open up to someone. And her son did. Just because she didn't like who he chose to open up to, it still happened. He opened up to someone. And so the point about feedback is it truly is just feedback. But when we hold feedback as something else, that's when we get into challenges. 
That's when we add all of these emotions. So we can easily see, as I'm describing what happened in this show, you can see where these emotions, if you were in that case, you might be mad. You may assign emotions to feedback. But I'll tell you what, that's what gets us into challenges with feedback. <coughs> Excuse me. It's why challenging feedback, and feedback can be challenging to deliver. So the very first lesson about feedback, whether you're giving it or receiving it, is to understand that feedback is neutral. Feedback is not good or bad, negative or positive. We make feedback good or bad or negative or positive based on what we perceive, based on what we think, and based on how we think it's going to land for someone else. So if I think you're going to be mad when you hear my feedback, it's negative feedback. If I think you're going to be happy when I give you this feedback, it's positive feedback. Hear that? But that actually has nothing to do with the actual feedback. It's all of the emotions that we're applying to it. It's all of our emotions that we're applying to it. So in the feedback, one of the things to keep in mind is that there is no positive or negative, good or bad feedback. There is only feedback. And anything beyond that is something that we've made up. It's in our head. <clears throat> All right. So when we understand that feedback is neutral, then we can go on to the next step, which is knowing that feedback is the biggest gift that you can give somebody. Now, here's the thing about gifts. We want our gifts wrapped in a box that's beautifully wrapped with the most beautiful bow. You know, the kind that when you get it, you pull the two ends of the bow and the bow doesn't get in a nasty knot. It actually just uncurls. And so then the bow gently falls apart and it's this shimmery bright paper underneath. And you're super excited that the folds of the paper are so crisp that all you have to do is run your hand along the side of the box and the wrapping paper opens up. That is a fun present. I want to receive that present. And then you can see the tape lines on the paper so you can easily open up the paper on the side. And now you're left with this beautiful box. And inside the box is tissue paper. And inside the tissue paper, buried safely, is the gift you've always wanted. And when you get this gift, you feel so loved and understood and validated and welcome. That's what we want feedback to be. And sometimes that's what feedback feels like. But let me share with you the other way that feedback can feel. Feedback can be like a box that was thrown in the pigsty, rolled around a few times in the pig's poo. And by the time you get it, it is covered. I mean, caked in icky, ewy, stinky poo. And in order to get to your present, you got to dig through the poo, the kind where it is in your fingernails. You are so grossed out. You get a clothespin to put on your nose. And then you dig further. You think, oh, who would ever want this? And you finally get Pass the poo to the box. You get the box open. There's no tissue paper. Just thrown in the corner is your present. Now your hands are disgusting. You don't even want to touch this gift. 
But when you actually see the present, it is not something that's exciting to you. Ugh, you don't want it. Okay, that is the other kind of feedback. But the reality is that feedback is a gift. How it is packaged, that's what turns us on or off. And so how do we package our feedback in a way that our receiver wants to receive it? Think about the middle school version of you. Now I have a middle schooler and puberty, that's a real thing, we all go through it. And zits are also a real thing. So think about as a middle schooler, you have a giant zit on the end of your nose and everyone can see it, you know it's there, everyone knows it's there. But nobody will actually address it with you. They'll look at you, they, you know they see it, but they won't say anything about it. And then finally, somebody comes up to you and says, hey, nice zit. And when that happens, there's this instant relief because now you don't have to pretend that it's not there. You just put it out into the world. Okay, yep, I have a zit, so do you. Cool, let's move on. That's the thing with feedback. We can dance around it, but it's not doing anybody any favors. The thing about feedback is we get to be honest. Feedback is the biggest gift that you can give somebody. Because the reality is when you actually deliver that feedback, most of the time it is not a surprise to the recipient. Are you willing to give the gift? Even when you believe that it's covered in poo. Even when you believe that the person that's receiving it may be upset by it or hurt by it, are you willing to give the feedback? Think about that and answer that question for yourself. Up until now, the answer may have been no, but going forward, the answer gets to be yes. I am willing to give the feedback, even when it's uncomfortable for me, even when it's uncomfortable for the recipient, I'm willing to stand for them because feedback is the single biggest act of love that we can deliver. Feedback is the single biggest act of love that we can deliver. So hear that. Now, I am going to go into some specific details about how to give and receive feedback. So this is where you're going to get your notepad out and be ready to learn how to give and receive feedback. But before we do that, we are going to go on a quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We're talking all about how to give feedback that doesn't create a world war. And I will tell you more about that after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. 
To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Recent Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We have been talking all about how to give feedback that doesn't cause a world war. And the feedback we talked about in this, this last session before we went on break about feedback is neutral. So everything around us is feedback. When we talk about putting our hand on a hot oven and our hand gets burnt, that's feedback. And, and the reality, one of the things that's hard to understand about feedback is that we are responsible for the actions and the experiences that are happening around us. I don't mean that you're responsible for somebody else's action. I mean that you are responsible for your interaction with something or someone else. Hear the difference in that. You're not responsible for someone else's action, but you are responsible for the interaction. So that means when you put your hand on a hot oven and your hand gets burnt, the feedback is you put your hand on a hot oven and when you do that, you will be hurt. You will, your hand will turn a crispy color of red and it will not feel good. And so the feedback is don't do that if you don't like that feeling. So remember the neutrality there. When you walk into your office and you are super excited to say hello to someone, anyone, and people are in their computers and they're not engaged with you, you are responsible for the interaction. So perhaps you or someone else in the office has said that there is no time for small chat. Perhaps you've been the one that when somebody else walks around the office, you've had your face in the computer. And so they're mimicking that experience. So see how you are responsible for the interactions. So if you don't like that, if you're receiving that feedback and you're saying, I don't like that, I want people to be friendly, then the next time someone else walks around the office, you get to have your head up and say, hey, and begin that interaction so that somebody else says, oh, okay, that's okay. It's okay to say hello to somebody. I don't have to have my face glued in. When my son, does not want to give me a hug in the morning because he just wants to get off into the car. He wants to run as fast as he can. And he doesn't take the time to give mom a hug. I get to look at what did I create that caused that because I don't like that feedback. And so those are some things that we think about why is feedback important? That's why. So now giving feedback, how do I give feedback how do I deliver the words to somebody or the actions of somebody to say, hey, here's what I'm seeing. Now there's verbal feedback, which actually uses words, and then there's nonverbal feedback. If I don't wanna to talk to somebody and I'm at my computer, I'm going to bury my head in the computer and I'm not gonna look up. And if they walk by, I'm probably gonna use grunts so that I don't actually interact with them. That would be my nonverbal way of giving feedback. But if I want to use my verbal ways of giving feedback, when somebody enters into my space, I may say, stop, go away. <laughs> that may be very harsh. But how do I give feedback in a situation that's maybe a little bit more complex? I was coaching a lady yesterday and she was talking about her employee. She's an employee and she was struggling to give feedback that the employee may not appreciate. That was her story, that the employee may not appreciate it. Now I'm gonna pause in this moment because that is actually a lie. And it's one that I hear all the time. 
My employees don't want to hear negative feedback. Lie. That's just not true. Your employees want to hear feedback, even if it hurts. But you get to give it in a way that they can hear it. So when you're giving feedback, first be specific. Okay, be specific. We start when we give feedback with what's working. So whenever you have somebody come into your office and you're giving feedback, this works at home too. It works anywhere, relationships, with kids, with adults. It works the same way. But I'm going to set this context as you have somebody walking into your office. It could also work in a virtual environment. Somebody shows up on Zoom or go to meeting. But you want to be specific. So when somebody shows up in your office, if they're in a negative cycle, and I use that word intentionally, where you see a spin in them that's going into a spot where they are thinking that the world is on top of them, that this is not a good spot for them. The way to interrupt that, to give feedback, they can't hear your feedback until you interrupt it. So the very first thing you start with is tell me something that's working. Something's working. Something is always working. And if they can't, if we're, if we're talking about something that's specific to a, a project, you could say what's working with this project. But if they're just in a total spin and you want to give them feedback, the first thing that you do is say something that's working. And if they can't think of anything that's working, then pull back even further and say, hey, guess what? Something's working. You are here in front of me right now. So you got up today. That's working. Yay. Yay. That's something. We woke up today. Yes, we got out of bed. Maybe it's you put your clothes on. Maybe it's you took a shower. Maybe it's you brushed your teeth. Maybe it's you ate breakfast. Whatever it is, go to the lowest common denominator that something happened that's working. And when you can identify with that, then you have a place to start. Because you guys, our brain naturally goes to what's not working. It's wired to protect us. So if we start with what's working, it interrupts that pattern. So when we're giving feedback, you guys just start with what's working. If they can't identify it, support them in identifying it. Next, it's what's not working. Again, be specific. And you're asking them, what's not working? And then it's what gets to change. What gets to change? So you can get feedback using that formula, what's working, what's not working, what gets to change. It's one of the ones that I use the most. Now, what happens when they don't self-identify the same way that you would for them, that you identify for them? So you've gone through that formula and then that what you haven't had the opportunity to deliver your feedback. So now you get to ask them the magical question, are you open to feedback? Because here's the deal with feedback, whenever you're giving feedback. If the answer to that question is no, it does not matter how magical or brilliant or intelligent or smart or witty your feedback is, they can't hear it because they're not open to it. Now, if you have an employee that's not open to feedback, and this is a repeat thing with you, my question is, why are they on your payroll? And I get that sometimes we can just not be open to feedback. 
And that doesn't mean that we're always not open to feedback. It just means in this moment, we're not open to feedback. That's not where we're at. And if that's the case, we get to say, could you check in with me at a point in the future, an hour from now, a day from now, whatever that is, because I've got some feedback that I want to deliver to you when you're open to it. And then follow up with them. This isn't like it never gets to happen, but hold them true. Now, most people will say yes. Even when they're not open, they'll probably still say yes. Especially if you have some kind of authority, they'll probably say yes. My kids, this is how, when I say, are you open to feedback? They're like, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's comical to me because they're saying it because they think they want to be open to feedback. Like That's what they're supposed to say, but they're not really open to feedback. And so then I'll say, are you sure? Like, I hear you say yes. I get that same response when I ask people, how are you today? And they'll say, I'm great. I hear you say I'm great. I've heard those words, but what I heard you say underneath that was there's something going on. That is typically the question that I ask when we when I kick off my coaching sessions. I'll say, how are you? I don't really care what words come out of their mouth. What I'm listening for is their outside conversation, the one that they're telling me, and their inside conversation, do those match up? Because if those don't match up, we get to go there before we go anywhere else. So these are the signs that you're looking for. Are you open to feedback? If they're a no, don't give your feedback. But if they're a yes, and you truly believe that they're a yes, then you get to move forward. But if they're a yes, but you believe that, that really they're a no, you get to dig in there. Because again, it's just like saying no. Just because the word yes came out of their mouth, you also heard a no. And you get to align those two and figure out what's really going on. Because they can't hear you. They cannot hear you if they are not 100% a yes outside and inside. Outside means outside of their head, the words that are coming out of their mouth. Inside means the conversation they're having in their head. Your outside and your inside get to be the same. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And so it's your responsibility as the leader to say, I'm hearing something different. I heard you say yes. And when I say that, I say it in exactly the same tone that I'm saying now, because I'm not in judgment. I'm truly in curiosity. And we don't need to be heavy about this. I'll, I'll chuckle a little if I hear that. And I'll say, okay, I heard you say yes. I know that's the word that came out of your mouth, but what I really heard was a hesitancy. How are you? Or are you really open to feedback? It's okay if you say no, because when you give somebody the permission to say no, then they say, you know what? In this moment, I'm just really not. I want to be, I really want to be, but I'm not right now. And that's okay too, because then they're being honest. And that's one of the steps that's peeling back these layers for them to be able to hear your feedback. So that's if they're a no or they're a yes, but they're really a no. But what happens when they're a yes and you know that they're a yes and they want your feedback? Because again, there are people craving feedback. The zit on the nose that we're talking about, they want to know the zit. We talked about blind spots here just a week ago. People want to know what their blind spot is. And you can see it, but they can't. So they want that feedback. So when they're a yes, then here's the magic words. I know I've said these on the show before, but I want you to write these down. When you're delivering feedback, it is my experience of you is. My experience of you is. And then you can deliver very specific feedback. 
My experience of you is stuck in the past. My experience of you is not meeting the deadline. My experience of you is pretending that you're going to hit this, this 100% goal and no plan to do it. My experience of you is creating conflict in the office. My, whatever, whatever the feedback is, but be specific on it. This is not a personal attack. It's not you suck. You didn't do your job. You are a failure. It's not, it's not that at all. My experience of you is, so instead of saying you suck, which might be what we're thinking, my experience of you is that you didn't do your best. So instead of you suck, my experience of you is that you didn't do your best. Now, that leaves it up to them to say, well, great, glad that that's your experience, but it's not mine. Because here's the deal. Each of us experience every interaction differently, which means that my experience can be that you didn't do your best, but go ask 15 other people. And one of those people, the, one of the, the, the 15 people may say that you were doing your best. Their experience may be different than mine. And they may have different experiences than me. And that's okay. But when I say my experience of you is, it leaves the possibility that there was a different story. Because as we all know, there's two sides to every story. So when you're giving feedback, ask the magical question, are you open to feedback? And if they are anything but a yes and a 100% yes, then do not move forward. But if they are a yes, use the words my experience of you is. These are powerful words to support you in landing a message. And then you can be direct. You don't need to go in to rip their head off. Remember, your come from is love. You are supporting them in what you're seeing. And you are also open to that somebody else could have a different interpretation. So when I'm done delivering my feedback, I ask, what do you hear me saying? What do you hear me saying? And the reason that I ask that is because I want to make sure that the person that heard my feedback heard my feedback, not heard their interpretation of my feedback, not heard it through their own lens, but they actually heard my feedback. Because if you ever been in a situation where you've said one thing and then you ask somebody else what they heard you say, and it's totally different. You said the sky is blue. And all of a sudden, remember the telephone game? People are saying, but Kathleen said the sky is yellow. You're saying, I didn't say that. <coughs> Excuse me. Make sure that you say, what do you hear me saying? And then you listen for what they're repeating back to you and make sure that that is indeed what you wanted them to hear. Great method that if we all applied in this world, think of the conflicts that would be eliminated just because we asked that question. All right, we got so much more. We're going to talk about how you receive feedback next because that's a whole other different set of tools. You are listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a minute. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. 
Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. So we are talking all about how to give feedback that does not create a world war. But the, one of the things that's really important to giving feedback is also receiving feedback, because if one person is going to give feedback, another person is going to receive feedback. And so when you're receiving feedback, you essentially just flip. So flip. So you get to first hear it as neutral. So when somebody gives you feedback, and we're talking about the verbal kind of feedback, not you can also get nonverbal feedback. But right now, in this instance, we're specifically discussing verbal feedback. So wouldn't it be great if everyone around you has listened to this show, has studied emotional intelligence, understands how to give feedback in a way that it can land? Like, that would be amazing. But the reality is that's probably not the case unless you have done a lot of work to make sure that you are surrounded by people that understand how to give feedback. You're probably just getting random things thrown at you. And they aren't using the my experience of you is. They are just given feedback, just throwing it out into the world. Now, the challenge with that is how you receive it. If I were to give you the feedback and say, my experience of you is, you may receive that as a little softer than when somebody says, you suck. Because when somebody has that, it sounds like a personal attack. And so you've got feedback coming at you that necess- is, it, it's wrapped in that poo wrapped box. Now, hopefully you get feedback that's gift wrapped as well, that looks nice, but oftentimes people inadvertently, so not on purpose, give you the poo wrap box of feedback. And the key here is that you get to receive the poo wrap box of feedback the same way that you would receive the nicely gift wrapped feedback box. Hmm, That's a tall order. And here's how you do it. One, you recognize that all feedback truly is neutral. So back to what we talked in the beginning. So just because this person did not understand or choose to gift wrap the feedback in the nice box, it doesn't mean that the present is any worse, less, or crappier. The present is the same. The feedback is the same. And it's all neutral. And just because this person sees the experience of you that the way that they're sharing it with you, doesn't mean that anyone else does. It just means that that's their experience. And so now you have two choices. You can be on the defensive, which means you're defending what you heard. You're defending yourself saying, that's not true. No, that's not true. How many times have you given feedback and the person's, that's not true. No, they're in defensive mode. It's probably because you didn't say my experience of you is. The way you gave feedback sounded more like a personal attack. So as the receiver, if you, perceive that the feedback is given in a way that's a personal attack, 
the very first thing is to create it as a neutral, meaning interrupt that pattern in your mind that's saying, oh, they're trying to personally attack me and say, no, this person just does not understand. So this is their opinion. So now instead of being in defense mode, switch to curiosity mode. Switch to curiosity mode. And what that sounds like is let's say, let's use the you suck feedback. So you suck, somebody gives you this feedback. Now you can hear it as I suck. Oh, this person thinks that I suck. I must suck. I must be really bad at what I do. Oh my gosh, I should, I should go quit. I, I should not be in this. I'm shooting myself to death here. Hear that should, 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 doesn't work. Okay, so what I'm saying is, that I can hear it that way and I can defend myself or I can go into my head and think about maybe they're, they're, they're right. Or I can say, remember we're flipping it around. So what I heard you say is that you think that I suck. Is that what you're saying? And now this person has the opportunity to reflect and say, is that truly what I mean? Now, one of two things is going to happen. They're going to say, yes, I was saying you suck and I mean that. Or two, they're going to say, well, no, I don't really think that you suck. I just think that we played this game of basketball, and I don't think that you you really showed up your best. And we lost, and a large part of it was because you couldn't make the free throws. Okay, so new information now. So now I say, okay, what I hear you saying, so I'm switching back to the I'm receiver. What I hear you saying is that you didn't think that I showed up my best at the game and that my inability to make the free throws cost us the game. And now I'm saying, is that what you said? So as the receiver, I'm taking what they said. Now I'm not internalizing it. I'm not passing judgment on it. I'm just saying, this is what I heard you say. Is that what you said? And now this, the giver of the feedback has the opportunity to say yes or no. And if it's yes, that they truly did say that, then okay, that's the feedback from a neutral position that I get to hear. So now I can do what I want with that. Okay, so this person doesn't think that I showed up to the best of my ability. This person says I cost them the game. Okay, cool. I am the only one that can say whether I showed up or not to my best of my ability. Nobody else, any, anybody else that does that is just passing a judgment. I am the only one that can say that. So thank you for the feedback from that person that's saying that they don't believe it. Now I get to check in with myself and say, did I or did I not show up to the best of my ability? Now, this person also said that my inability to make the free throws cost us the game. Maybe, possible, and maybe not. Who knows? That's just their opinion. But I can, I can receive that feedback as neutral. And then here's the kicker when we're receiving feedback. When that is complete, we say, thank you for caring enough about me to give me feedback. Because remember how many people when we gave the pimple example would never say anything about the pimple that we all know is there. But the person that finally came up and said, so you have a pimple. Thank you for caring enough about me to say something. Now, I live in the United States in the middle of the country in Iowa, and there's this thing called Iowa Nice. 
And it means that I don't want to make you uncomfortable in any way. So I'm not going to give feedback if I perceive, if my idea is that it's going to land in any way, but making you feel wonderful about yourself. Iowa nice. But I'll tell you what, that doesn't work. One of the people that I coach, she said her biggest challenge is that her current boss does not give her the feedback that supports her in her growth. She's considering leaving the organization that she's at. She's in a very high level position at this organization. She's considering leaving because she cannot get feedback that will support her with her growth. She's only getting feedback if it's considered stuff that she would want to hear. So this is real stuff. But the reality is feedback is a gift. So at the end, when we've received feedback, when we've We've repeated back. So we've said, this is what I hear you saying. Is that what you're saying? They said, yes. Then we say, thank you for caring enough to give me feedback. Because most of the time, people won't do that. Just let's sit with that for a second. It can be uncomfortable. Why wouldn't we give feedback? Yeah, it is uncomfortable. We don't want to make someone cry. But the reality is, we can't. You do not have the ability to make me cry. I do not have the ability to make you cry. What you have the ability to do is to create a scenario that triggers me and then I cry. But it's all based on how I react to a situation. And look, this whole emotional intelligence thing, you've heard EQ, all of it, all it is is saying that no one else has the ability to change my emotions. I do. The higher emotionally intelligent that you are, the less triggers that you have, which means that how people show up and the things that they do don't trigger you as much. Now, again, I have a middle schooler. Middle schoolers, you know, I think if you go to an elementary schooler, you're going to get phenomenal feedback. I mean, if you guys, you guys are talking, the younger kids, they are so great at giving feedback because they don't have that filter. They don't have the Iowa nice filter. Just doesn't exist yet. They haven't built it. So they just tell you whatever's on their mind, it comes out. You know what I'm talking about. Toddlers are wonderful about this. You think you think you may have put on a couple pounds? Go talk to a toddler. They'll tell you. My my youngest, when he was three, he said, Mom, you're getting a little fluffy. I didn't know what to say when he said that. You're getting a little fluffy, Mom. And then he, he follows that up after I'm triggered. Okay, he says, I'm fluffy, I'm triggered. I'm thinking, I go to the gym all the time. You think I'm fluffy? But then he says, because it's great, mom. When I squeeze you, it's like a pillow. He loved it. He thought it was great, but I was triggered by it. Now you get some middle schoolers and <laughs> you got emotions flying. I, to really find a, a very emotionally intelligent middle schooler, like that would be pretty cool. But in middle school, we're, it's like your emotions are at a high, your ability to challenge your triggers is at a low. And so you got triggers happening everywhere. It's why emotions are high in middle school. It's why we really wouldn't pay money to go back to middle school. I say this to my seventh grader all the time. I would not pay, my, there would be no amount of money you could pay me to get me to go back to my middle school years. It wasn't that anything horrible happened during that time. It's just, it, it, it's a challenging time. Plus like it stinks. I mean, there's just a lot going on at that point. I said, I think that elementary school smells like farts and middle school smells like BO. Yes, I went there because 
middle school is a challenging time, but the reason that it's challenging is because emotions are flying everywhere and we haven't yet mastered how to release those triggers. But as we become adults, we can master that. We can work on that. As long as we're humans, there will always still be things that trigger us, but we can reduce the number of things that trigger us, which means that we aren't giving away our energy based on how somebody else is showing up. So a highly emotionally intelligent person, you'll see that that's a very executive level skill because when you master your own emotions and you're not getting frustrated by the things around you, you've got more mental capacity to solve bigger challenges so you can handle bigger challenges. That's why it's an executive level trait. So do you hear that? Reduce your triggers, higher level thinking, more capacity to solve bigger challenges. So that's really the role here. And how we do that is by these formulas, these tools that I'm giving to you. So we're gonna go on a quick break and when we get back, we'll wrap all of this up. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. So today we've been talking all about feedback and how to give feedback. And one of the things that I really want to caveat this with is that there's, feedback is feedback, yes, but there's like surface level feedback and then there's like real supportive feedback. And my challenge for you is to deliver real concrete, move the earth, make a difference feedback to someone. And you'll know that you've done that because it's uncomfortable for you. It's saying, do I really think that I, I could do this? So pick someone in your life at work, at home, wherever it is that you see their, where they want to go or what they, what they're up to. And you see something that's standing in their way how they're showing up, their kindness, their uh, skill level, their capabilities, their attitude, whatever it is that you see in the way between where they are and where they want to go, but either personally or professionally. You identify that person and then you tap them on the shoulder and be willing to stand for them to give them that feedback. And remember the magic words. Are you open to feedback? So if they're coming to you and they're wanting information, you can use the formula, what's working, what's not working, what gets to change. That's the formula that's always there for you. But if you're truly just diving in on feedback, you see a gap, you see that someone is wants to be somewhere and where they are, that, that's not the same place, either personally or professionally, tap them on the shoulder and say, are you open to feedback? And if they are a no, or if they're a yes, but you think they're a no, don't go, you pause, this is not your time. But if they are a yes, use the my experience of you is. 
Now put it into context for them. So it's not like you're just walking down the road and you see your buddy and you think, oh, he's got a pimple, I'm going in. My experience of you is not caring about your acne. Like, that's not gonna support them in getting where they wanna go. But if you have a friend who's complaining about their skin and can't quite get that balance, they're not really sure what's going on, or maybe they wanna go out on a date, but they're not attracting people to them, then you can go in about the pimple. Now, it's a lovely example, of course. That's not necessarily what's happening in the workplace or even at home, but it gives you an example of how you can really put the context around your feedback so that it can be received. So hear that. Are you open to feedback? And you're listening. If it's a anything but a yes, a true yes, just don't go there because they're not going to hear it anyway. It's a waste of your time and it's a waste of their time. So they get to be a yes in order for you to deliver your feedback. Now, if you are the one receiving feedback, remember, it's just neutral. It's just somebody else's opinion. There are lots of people in this world, most of which in whatever conversation or situation that you're in, have no idea about this situation that you're in. And so they don't even have feedback to give you because it's not relevant to them. So, you, so let's not get hung up on one person's opinion. But I get that the person that's giving you feedback may not be giving it to you in the nicely gift-wrapped box. It might be the poo wrap box. And your responsibility is to look past the poo, dig past the poo, and find the gift and treat the gift just like it was gift-wrapped in the very nice packaging. Because in reality, it's still the same. Feedback is feedback is feedback. So hear that. And that when you receive feedback, you receive it as a gift, even if it doesn't come in a nicely wrapped box. And then when you're complete with hearing the feedback, you say, what I hear you saying is, and then repeat in your own words what you heard him say. Is that what you heard me? What is that what you were saying? And then listen. And then when you're all done with that, Thank you for caring enough to give me feedback. These are, this is a really important process. And it's one that you get to teach your friends, your coworkers, your employees about. Because the more people in your life that are having these same languages the same way, it makes it so much easier on you. Because then we're not getting in the personal attacks. Then we're not getting in the defensive. We could just go right into curiosity and working together. Remember how I said, if we had these tools, would we have a world war? I don't know the answer, but I do know that our core communication is our issue. I do know at our core that communication is our issue. So this stuff solves communication challenges. A portion of the communication challenges. I don't want to give it all the credit because this is a piece of it. So each week I come to you with with thoughts that executives have. So as executive, as an executive, two executives, this is my message, the feedback is really important. And so this is how you give and receive feedback. Now, next week, we're talking about how to work with a dominant person. I was just in a meeting with a client who was telling me that a dominant person showed up to a meeting uninvited, because that's sometimes as dominant people, what we do, showed up to a meeting uninvited, and wanted to control the conversation. And he got to figure out how to support this person and get them to feel valued, yet 
not have them take over the meeting. Has that ever happened to you? So it's really important that we understand how to work with dominant people because they're all over this world. And if you listen to the communication styles lesson that we gave, oh gosh, that was in February. So, so not that long ago, you can go back and listen to the shows. We talked about different communication styles. Dominant personalities and dominant communication styles typically fall in that, that controller realm. So the, if you've got a lot of controllers in your life, or perhaps you are one, you would naturally attract more controllers. And so this next week's session is about what do you do when you've got these strong controllers in your work, in your, in your life. So somewhere in your world, you've got a lot of these people, how do you, or maybe even just one, how do you work with a dominant person and yet still complete your vision, your goals, your day, your meeting? So that is the context for next week's show. So make sure that you join us. If you have any other ideas for show topics, things you'd like to hear, questions that you have, please reach out. My email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. It's pretty simple. I have made it as straightforward as possible for you. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. We've got a lot coming up, different shows and topics to address executive challenges. Myself, I am an executive advisor. I work with companies and stand beside their leadership teams as they look to grow, go from point A to point B. There are a lot of challenges that come up. And so my background, I'm a former CPA. I uh, ran a marketing, a strategic marketing agency for 10 years. A lot of background as a strategic marketing planner. And, and really leading a lot of teams. And then I studied emotional intelligence and I have run seven different businesses. So I'm pulling in a lot of that background and the challenges of working with a lot of different types of people in a, multiple industries. I've coached thousands of people in different industries. And what I know to be true is that oftentimes as executives, it can be kind of lonely to think about who do I go to with some of these random thoughts or questions? How do I move forward? And that is where the role of an executive advisor is really important. So if you're looking for something like that, know that I am available and would love to talk with you about what support looks like. Again, my email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. So thank you for listening. Again, when you're hearing, giving or receiving feedback, remember, make it neutral. Ask that key question. Are you open to feedback? And if they're not a yes, get away and have fun with it. Right? Life's too short. Not have fun. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.